You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. Monday night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. What's going on, sports fans? Welcome to week 14 of the Wingfoot Locks, brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. And if I seem like I have a little extra pep in my step, I think there's some reason after last week's picks. What about you, Greg Hoyle? Uh, feeling good, right? In uh, baseball, we call it seeing the ball well. We were, we were seeing the ball well and as i say that i think i just turned my camera off so already off the already <laughs> off the rails i wasn't seeing the buttons all that well but uh yeah no we uh <clears throat> we liked what we had we liked uh um you know essentially a, a lot of the banter we had last week was about giving gifts where anthony lynn was a a bit of a grinch uh, so we're going back to the uh you know, the same things. Uh, we'll stick with the baseball idea of seeing the ball well. We're going to go with a little superstition here and have a little uh, witching hour is what we're, we're having here. So, so I need somebody out there. If anybody saw this, I swear that I saw Scott Hansen on the NFL Red Zone show a bottle of witching hour wine. And I could just be mixing it up with my buddy Greg showing me his witching hour wine bottle as we're doing this podcast. But I really think that he may have uh, have showed it. So if anybody else saw it out there, them showing it, uh, please check it out because I love this and I need to get a bottle of Witching Hour wine if we continue on this role. Also, whatever vineyard that's from quite needs good. to become a sponsor of the podcast. It's quite good. It's a nice red blend. Uh, I really couldn't tell you who the... <laughs> I think <laughs> I think Witching Hour might be the name of the winery, but... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you got to give a little in the, the gift-giving spirit, just like last week. You got to give a little to get a little, right? We're going to give these free promos in the early gone, but 2021, I expect some uh, some advertisement here from from uh, pumpkin beer breweries <laughs> and red wine wineries. They pair, they pair perfectly. We'll do a, a regular seasonal sponsorship. I love that idea. Anyway, listen, obviously we know we had a great week last week, but this is a what have you done for me lately business. So we've got to look ahead. 8-0 last week. Last time I'll mention it. 8-0 last week. All right. That's the last time. We're going to go ahead and give you more winners this week. It's a busy slate. We got a lot of games to pick. All right. We got a lot of games to pick. Um, so with that being said, do we have an eight pack this week as well, Greg, of, of games that we like? That's pretty crazy here. One, two, three, four, five, six. I I happen to count eight picks here on my screen. So let's get started. We'll jump right That's in. a lot. Yeah, eight is a lot. Eight is a lot, but it worked out last <laughs> week. Maybe we have to pick eight every week. We're going to start with a game that we both like, 1 o'clock slate. The Giants shocked everyone going across the country last week to defeat Seattle. That defense looked like a juggernaut. Wayne Goldman did enough. The offense didn't turn the ball over, and they come out with a win. I think everybody was surprised by the NFC lease last week, not just the Giants. Also Washington uh, ending Pittsburgh's undefeated season, uh, giving the Miami Dolphins a chance to light the cigar. This week, the Giants come all the way back east. They're taking on another NFC West team, this time the Arizona Cardinals, who 
have really been going in the opposite direction of the Giants. I think they lost four out of the last five, and that's only because one of those was the Hail Murray, as it has been dubbed. This week, the Giants are getting three points at home. Now, I have been on the Giants for a little while. Uh, Going back to that Thursday night game against Philly, I like the things that Joe Judge has been doing, and I think he's going to keep it going with this one. The defense has undoubtedly been performing as one of the top defenses in the league. And I think that across the league, it seems like defenses have been able to figure out Kyler Murray a little bit. So why then do I think that he can go on the road, a West Coast team coming East playing 1 o'clock in that time zone? We know about how they fare there. And then he has struggled running the ball. Now, whether or not it was his shoulder that was injured, and that's the reason that he hasn't been running as much, or the fact that maybe he just... It isn't working for the game plan, and the teams have figured him out. I think we saw the Giants play a similar type team in the Seahawks that have a mobile quarterback, and they managed to contain Russell Wilson. So I don't think there's a reason they can't do that again this week. Uh, So for that reason, I say take the three points with the Giants at home. I think they can win this one outright. And all of a sudden, the NFC East isn't looking so bad for the playoffs there with with them and, and the Washington football team. I'm not going that far yet, but I'm just saying, watch out for these Giants, the G-Men this week. What do you think, Greg? A little spunky NFC action, right? NFC East showing up a little bit. Thank goodness. Um, do we know yet who is going to be quarterbacking? And do you have a preference, by the way, Colt McCoy or uh, uh, Danny Dines? Yeah, yeah. So I do have a preference. I think despite what Colt McCoy did last week in getting the win, I, I, I don't think it was because of him that they won. He did what he had to do. He's a great backup quarterback. And I, I, I use that term. He's a great backup, right? He's not a great starter, but everything about him, he knows the game plan when he comes in. He's proven to have some success before when he was with Washington. Uh, to answer your initial question this week, Daniel Jones officially listed as questionable. It looks like he is going to get the start in this one. I prefer having Daniel Jones in there. First of all, I don't think that the Cardinals defense is opportunistic enough to take advantage of Daniel Jones, and I think he has cut down on the turnovers a little bit. Look, I think part of cutting down on the turnovers is the emergence of the offensive line. He's obviously struggled under pressure, and and we know that since the offensive line has played better, Daniel Jones, before he got injured, his play has stepped up. Also, I think he's uh, adds a level of mobility that the defense has to account for that you don't see with Colt McCoy. I think that opens things up for Wayne Gallman and the running back. I think Joe Judge is doing an absolutely phenomenal job coaching this team, and you can literally see them getting better every week. I don't know why that wouldn't continue this week, and if you're just telling me that they're going to get a little bit better every week, whereas I don't think the Cardinals are heading in that same direction, I really, really like what he's been doing there. So Daniel Daniel Dimes, (laughs) Daniel Jones is expected to get the start uh, in this one coming off that hamstring injury. That's a little bit of a bummer for me. So I actually, I'd like, I think uh, Colt would probably have us in better shape there. My, my only issue is, is I think the element of running the ball is what makes Jones a little bit more dynamic, right? And if you're coming off, like it looked like he was in a ton of discomfort there with the hammy, but I'm also not convinced until I see 
I need the game that Kyler Murray um, is going to go out there and run the ball 10 plus times um, for me to be convinced that that shoulder is okay. I think he's been a different quarterback since he, you know, hurt that shoulder, despite what they're, they're saying right now um, is that, Hey, the shoulder is getting better. Yada, yada, yada. Like he's not running the ball. He's not running the ball. I think he had like five attempts. But part of the reason for that is because teams have been spying him, right? They have been keeping him in the pocket. And and that is they know that's what they're gonna take away, right? You're you're the best thing that you have. And it's interesting to see. It's always after you play Bill Belichick, I feel like. People he has a game plan to shut down your best weapon, whatever it is. And and look, it, it they had Defenses had started before that game getting to him with uh, the correct type of blitzes, right? When you blitz, I think there's there, you can there's a misconception about just going after the quarterback. How you blitz is so important to that, and I think teams have managed to understand that they have to keep him in the pocket, and it really has limited his effectiveness uh, over the last five weeks. There's some pretty damning info um, out there just on Kingsbury uh, late in the season and how he closes out a season. And I think it's really just like you mentioned, right? So uh, obviously if Belichick puts some good tape out there on D um, and everyone else kind of copies that, right? Uh, It doesn't seem like there's much evidence in the past. It seems like uh, I think this data back a good five or six years, I was listening to another podcast and they were just talking about how um, you know, losing five of six, six of six, four of five, that's like Kingsbury's end of year for a good five to six years, one wow. of which he had Mahomes as his quarterback. So you're going so, back to college with him because obviously yeah, he's only oh, been with yeah, the Cardinals yeah, so, for one year. Yeah, correct. So to me, that just shows that, you know, when other teams have tape on him, they can scheme against him and he can't adapt, right? That's you know, essentially what what that would tell me. I also think, how about the emergence of Wayne Goldman um, in the backfield there? Because he's running the ball pretty well. I usually, you'd be hard-pressed to hear me talk about a running back, but he, that, he's been pretty impressive. Um, and I th- where I think the Redskins are really going to suffer without Gibson, who's come on, um, Goldman's really stepped in nicely there for Saquon. Uh, I'm pretty impressed with that kid. So I, I just like control the game on defense, run the ball, right? They And if Evan Ingram, uh, oh, that dude drops so many balls, right? So can <laughs> yeah. we just go can we just go a week here without an Evan Ingram drop and I'll really love these three points? I'll love them. He has, he has been one of the guys who makes that spectacular catch that you don't expect him to make and then the one that he needs right. to make, he drops. And, <laughs> and it's just been... It, but I think he gets ahead of himself, right? He He's looking upfield to make the next play before he catches the ball. You got to catch the ball first. And and he knows it, but he's, he's stepped up for it every time, to his credit. He catches that ball in the Eagles-Giants game. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, the Eagles season is, is basically already over, right? But it, I think they would be pretty much so mathematically eliminated at this point, and the Giants would have a, a total stranglehold, right? So not only have they been winning but they've been in every game right so how could you not like the giants plus three at home getting those points this is going to be uh i don't think i definitively told you before we got on here what the tease was going to be all right but i'm going to i'm going to tack that on there we're going to make it uh six and a half and that's going to be the front end of the tease 
Six and a half. So we're taking the Giants plus nine and a half is the number on Correct. that one there for the first. If you're seeing, and this is just a disclaimer, if you're seeing it out there, um, some some of the numbers I'm seeing are at two and a half, and some of them are at three. So we're we've decided on three, and that's why we like that number. But if you're seeing it at two and a half, obviously you know do a, a seven point teaser and just get it up to nine and a half. You think that key that's a key number that you would pay the extra juice on that? Nope. Nope, but I'm not gonna lose. I'm not gonna lose a tease at nine because I was cheap. Because yeah, because I was cheapo on ten bucks, and it lands on nine, and I just get devastated. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I I will never, if I can control it, I will never be on an even number there. I always want to go up, up, up or down, right? Yeah. One other note on this is is just James Bradbury has had an awesome season. Uh, and he's going to be shadowing DeAndre Hopkins, or you expect him to shadow DeAndre Hopkins in this one. I think that, say what you want about the former Bill O'Brien error with the Texans and what was going on there. I thought the Texans were always very creative in the ways that they got the ball to DeAndre Hopkins and they lined him up. I haven't seen as much creativity uh, when it comes to getting him the ball out of Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. So look for that this week and see if the Cardinals try and move him around the field to get him some more touches because he is a dynamic wide receiver out there and credit to James Bradbury and how he's been playing this season. So let's move on to the next game. Cause like I said, we got a full slate this week. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off the bye, struggling going into it here this week. They're six and a half point favorites as they host the Minnesota Vikings. Now I think I'm going to out here on an Island Vikings actually in the playoff contention after starting one and five this season, six and six right now, holding on to one of the final uh, spots there. I believe they would take on green Bay in the first round. Um, obviously the Vikings have predicated their success in this in this part of the season on on Dalvin Cook and his running ability. So I want to start here with the conceptions and perceptions, I should say, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right? They we obviously know that when you've been able to get pressure on Tom Brady, he has struggled. If you look at the teams that they've played recently, and I again I was blanking on the third one before the podcast, and I forget it again right now. But I know two of the three are the Saints. And the Rams, two of the best defensive fronts in the league, and they were able to get pressure on Brady. Those were times that we like to fade him. He had some of his worst performances of the year in those games. The Minnesota Vikings do not get pressure on the quarterback. In fact, I believe they're one of the worst in the league. And since they traded away um, Yannick Ngakwe, they have been even worse. He still leads the team in sacks, and I believe they traded him in week six, uh, six or eight, right? And so the guy hasn't been there for half the game. That's a fun fact. Yeah, it's it's really or a depressing fact if you're the Minnesota Vikings. Right. So the other thing that you look at is the Vikings winning, right? Their schedule has been one of the softest schedules in this chunk of the season with the teams that they're beating. They have beaten the likes of, let's not forget, Jacksonville. They had to go to overtime. The Carolina Panthers, right? That one was one that came down to the wire. Carolina missed a field goal that would have given them the win in that one. Uh, You look at the Cowboys game that they lost outright to the Cowboys at home. So despite their record that they are in the back end of the playoffs right now, this is just not a good spot for them. And when they have had success, it's come against poor running defenses. This week, they're facing the number one rushing defense in the NFL in Tampa Bay. 
and they are rested. This works out perfectly for the Bucks. The fact that they have such a late bye week, I think it's the last bye week in the season. If I'm not, you know, we'll see what happens with COVID and everything. But this was the last bye week in the season, and the Bucks find themselves fortunate enough to get on that bye week. I think they bounce back nicely here with extra time to prepare. You give me Brady with extra time to prepare. Look, it was Brady and Belichick, and I think that they're going to have a game plan this week. I think maybe. They this week they'll have the time to get the shots downfield, which is going to benefit that Bruce Arians offense. And you got your wide receivers in Godwin and uh, and Evans healthy for this. I think this has a route written all over it. I am on the Bucks this week. Now, Greg, you're hesitant. You don't want to jump on board. Tell me about what is giving you cause for pause this week. Uh, I'm much closer to, to doing our first heads up in a while than I than I am with jumping on board. So, uh, okay. so just just real quick, I gotta send a flare out here because it's a part of part of the research here. We 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 do a lot of listening to others and reading and, and whatnot. What you just mentioned, the late buy, the December buy, is that what it was? Uh, it's actually yeah, it been like the first week in December. It's like close to a 30 uh, game sample size, and it's actually in the low 40s on the hit rate for the team that gets the late buy. So you would think that it's a good thing, right? They get their buy later in the season, but that first game off the buy, uh, it's actually like 41, 42%. I think the stat was like 13 and 18 off of that late buy. Don't know why, because I totally agree with you. Logic would say you need some rest this late into the season. So if you got it, then you should be able to go out there and uh, and how many, really how just, many of know, those situations was the quarterback up. forty plus years old? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That's what that, I can imagine. It, zero. It, it, and, and is that a good thing? <laughs> For, I, I would think so. He goes, gets a little acupuncture, gets a little, uh, you know, well, massage. I just don't understand with I was I was I wasn't against the Vikings last week. I was just saying that the Vikings were laying you know laying 10 points from what you were saying. They were just beating bad teams, right? They, right. they needed to go into overtime to beat another bad team. But I don't know what you would prefer. Do do you prefer that they lose these games because that's what Tampa's been doing. Granted it's been against good teams, but the, the Vikings have the better win of the two in like the last five weeks here in that win against Green Bay. That's that's the the best win uh, in that's like the last five than, games. That's got to be more team. than five weeks ago, no? It's, like five, it's five weeks ago. Yeah, but there are no good wins for – it was Carolina and right. it was the, the Raiders. And the Raiders, I think, was the same week that, that Tampa beat the Raiders. I think it was the same week that the Vikings beat the Packers. So, so, I just so this isn't much, I, this isn't as much a buy on the Vikings as you're you're not sold on the Packers and you think I mean on the Bucks you might want to sell the Bucks is what you're it's saying. It's too it's too many points and I think you're gonna have a kind of a playoff like feel right seven and five six and six both teams need this game right I can't look ahead to any other type of games because these teams can't look ahead I haven't even looked at who's next on the schedule because. They really both need the game. So I think you're going to – I looked into the total, right? The over-under was a little too high. If if they were putting something like 47 in here, I would have been all over the Vikings because that would have been too few points for me to lay seven with Tampa. But they got it at 52.5, and, and that's, that's what gives me pause to grab the seven points. So I'm just – 
just not going to do it. Uh, if it were a lower total, I would have grabbed those seven points, but they, there's less value in my opinion. Okay, so just to go back here for a second, because the actually the Packers game was six weeks ago. Oh, sorry. At this point, so it does still, fall It's outside. still the best win that either team has in the last six weeks. It might be the best, but the Packers are one of the best teams in the league. It, it, it's it's probably the best team that either has beaten all season. Right, but you're and you you were discrediting the Vikings for not having beaten anyone. Well, no, no, no. I said lately their cupcake schedule. You're right. You're, you're right. I just not all. They're that was an impressive win. Listen, that was an impressive win. And if you want to talk about that, then we can talk about the outlier of the. the, the, the um, the Vikings match up well against the Packers, who let up big runs all the time. That's the equation to beat the Packers. Tampa has a good run defense. I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's matchups. And they can, not it's, only do they not exactly. only do they have a good run defense, they can't get pressure on the quarterback. That is a right. recipe for disaster for them this week. This style is just it, it. Just the matchup. Everything to me says it favors the Buccaneers where you look on it with the strengths of the Buccaneers or the weaknesses of Minnesota and vice versa. So, all right. All right. Well, you take your, your so, Tampa Bay, uh, uh, Buccaneers there, SpongeBob. Well, listen, Oh, I like it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to, I'm trying to come on in, man. If you have such, I want you to, I want you to take the Vikings, take the other side of this and go head to head, have some conviction you, there. You, you want yourself a face off at seven. You got it. I'm not doing six and a half. Cause I'm looking at seven over here. I'll take it. So I'll take you, it. Uh, I'll take it at even money. No juice. <laughs> no juice. No juice. Seven works. One. You got you got yourself a deal. We'll go head to head. All right, I love it. Bringing it out on the podcast. Let's go to the next game here. Your Philadelphia Eagles punting mm-hmm. on the season. You say as they yep. switch to Jalen Hurts' as quarterback this week, uh, they are taking on the New Orleans Saints, getting seven points. So you are all over the Saints in this one. Let's hear the logic. So I'm going to take it back like I like to do with some business analogies, right? I want my best guys and gals uh, working on the most important projects, right? If I'm in that locker room for the Eagles and you're trotting out the clearly less good quarterback, right? It's like putting somebody less competent on a big important project and just, you know, expecting because it's somebody new, it'll, you know, fix all the still existent problems that you have and expecting a better result than putting somebody better on a project and thinking, eh, we're going to put this other person to just mix things up, right? It just doesn't have any, I don't know, it's, it just seems illogical to me. And if I'm in that um if I'm in that locker room every year, I want to go to the playoffs versus not going to the playoffs and they're not mathematically eliminated. So when you get mathematically eliminated, then you trot the kid out and you see what he's got, but not when you are at home, you could still pick up a game and you have a better quarterback on your roster. How is the rest of the team going to respond to that? The defense has been playing their heart out and keeping them in games and then they just they're they're going to trot out a less good quarterback. So this is my my take here. Um, read the first half. I I found it. If we can go into the uh, rear view, do you know how nervous I was last week? There were only three possessions for Green oh, yeah. Bay in, in the, the first, first half. half. They they didn't have any. They had one possession in the first quarter. 
touchdown, touchdown, second quarter, easy cover, never doubt. I think <laughs> I sent you a, a never doubted it uh, text there. Ridiculous. You get three possessions there and you score two touchdowns back to back. But I think I got a pretty good read on this team. And I think in this situation, you, you lose the locker room doing what you're doing. And if you lose the locker room and the defense has been playing for you, now they're going to stop playing for you, right? And the Saints have a nice streak, right? Obviously, like, I don't think Taysom Hill is a world beater, but I think that defense is going to whatever the team under is for the Eagles for this game, grab it. I don't even care. As this is That's like a free side pick. But um, six and a half, I think you can still get six and a half out there for the Saints, minus six and a half. Uh, grab that if you're at seven, right? That's fine. If you want to buy it down to six and a half, that's obviously always better. Uh, but I, I think this is going to be ugly, ugly, ugly. My one caveat here, just, just putting it out there, next week the Saints have the Chiefs. And that could be a little bit of a, a trap look-ahead spot there. Um, and it's non, non, non-conference game. No, you're right, absolutely. But when you're playing two of the best teams in the league, you tend to they tend to look like ahead. To, yeah to look at ahead to that game. But yeah, I, I thought about that. I'm aware of it. Um, By the way, oh man, dude, your video just froze and you looked like a muppet. It was perfect. It was, oh no, it was just, no, you're good. You're back again, but for a second it froze and you were just like this. I, I watched a Muppets uh, Christmas Carol last night. Delightful. You familiar? You familiar with this? I am. Anyone, because you know, especially the the younger folks watching this, anyone who doesn't hit up the Muppets Christmas Carol <laughs> Christmas movie is just missing out on some of the best things in life. Next little, week we'll have to rank t- our uh, we'll have to <clears throat> rank our best Christmas movies of all time. Little little tiny Tim Frog and Kermit the Frog man that that the their little duos of right. uh, singing just we'll save just save it for me, next week. Gets, I know it really me, tugs at the heartstrings. Gets me right there, man. Right let's, there. Let's move uh, on to the Saints, next game. Saints minus six and a half. All right, I mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs, so we'll go to that game next. Uh, you know, I just said that the. The Saints might be in a look-ahead spot, so I guess the same has to be true of the Chiefs here. This week, they're playing seven on the road against Miami. Okay, Sure, I, so why don't you pick them? Yeah, well, you're right, man. I will wear. The, I will be SpongeBob this week. I will be SpongeBob. I've just given the evidence against myself. There's one main reason why I like the Chiefs in this spot this week, okay? That is because... This time of year, we look at motivating factors. The Chiefs have a, cl- a chance to clinch their division with a win this week. And I love that spot, getting up for that. The other thing is, I'm not sold on Tua, right? We have clearly seen him struggle. Even in their wins, the Dolphins have struggled to put up points. So say what you want. Kudos to the Dolphins' defense for doing what they've been doing as of late. Um, but I think that this week... They are in a rough spot because playing in nice weather down in Miami, I think, actually benefits the Chiefs in this one uh, with that high-flying offense. I also, and I don't think that the Miami Dolphins defense uh, offense, excuse me, will be able to exploit the Chiefs' defense in this one. I think when you just boil it down to those things, the fact that one, the Chiefs have a chance to clinch the division, two, the fact. <clears throat> Excuse me there. Two, the fact that they're playing in nice weather, which is going to benefit them. Um, And three, that the Dolphins' offense can't keep up to score with them. 
Uh, and they like to blitz a lot, right? That, I think, is where Mahomes is going to thrive. He is going to hit Hill and Kelsey. Um, the one thing that I want to check on for this is the offensive line of the Chiefs because I did like the Broncos last week, and part of the reason for that was because the Chiefs, I believe, had three offensive linemen who were banged up in that one. Um, so I, I want to confirm that they are going to be playing. I believe they were questionable. Only one was listed as out, I thought, when I checked earlier. Greg, you can double-check me on that. Um, so caveat there because I don't think that helps against the Blitz. But that being said— You're talking Schwartz. Schwartz. Yang. Yep. And uh, Duvernay Tardif. Oh, no, he's been no, gone. That guy's, that guy's been gone forever. Yeah, he's been gone for the whole season. That, that's that's the nurse or doctor, yes. correct? Yeah. Uh, Niang Niang is out. Uh, it says Mitchell is on IR now, and then I don't have anyone else on there. Okay. So I think, yeah, so I think it's just one of them. That's like I said, of the three, is expected not to play. Um, but again, I will double check that they're playing. I think that the Chiefs put up a ton of points this week, um, and I don't think the Dolphins can keep pace. And for that reason. Styles make fights. I think this is a nice style for the Chiefs to exploit in that blitzing Miami defense. Also, oh, is um, what's the cornerback who got tossed? Xavier Howard. Is he mm. is he playing for the Dolphins in this one? That was the other thing that I wanted to check. I don't. Think yeah. See, I have I have an injury report up, so I don't think it would list suspensions on here. Correct. Uh, correct. Correct. Yeah, I don't. So I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, he is. Good. Oh, sorry. No, Howard. <laughs> Howard was it has been talked about for defensive NB, MVP this year. That's how important well, he is to that team. With with your permission, I kind of want to do a, a Joe Malseri esque uh, uh, tease or pivot here. I don't even know what the actual technical term is here, but I wanted to say you you just mentioned the nice weather in Miami. It's going to be sunny and 77 in Jacksonville this week, uh, which means all signs lead to the over. Oh, so that sounds like a great pivot. A segue is what you're looking for. A segue. You see, yeah. and I know that term. It just escaped me at this point. Uh, so as long as you're done with uh, Kansas City, on. I wanted to seg- segue into the, the Titans game, right? Uh, every single one of their games goes over. They, they have no defense. They have a good offense that scores. Jacksonville, despite trotting out the worst quarterbacks, uh, like they just have a string of terrible quarterbacks. This is hilarious. Uh, Glennon, Johnny Newton, and, uh, and uh, Gardner Minshew being a laughable character himself. They, they're going to put up between like 21... 24 points in this game, right? And we always say it takes two teams um, to hit an over. Tennessee is going to be out for blood, right? So they're going to score. They're not going to stop scoring. If they're going to put the game away with Henry, Henry's going to run himself into two touchdowns later on in that game, right? So if they get up in like the 24-point range and they're trying to put the game away, I bet they jump up to 38, right? So uh, I'd like this game to crush the over the 52 and a half uh, and 
from that side of things, I was thinking the entire time that I was going to tack that on um, to the tees. So I think I'm going to have to pull that down to be 45 and a half. Um, so it's going to end up being a seven point tease, which works out well. If people are seeing the Giants at two and a half, um, then they get it up to, to nine and a half, and that's fine. But if you get it at three, you pull it up to 10, uh, but you pull this Jags um, Titans game down from 52 and a half, and you put it to 45 and a half on a seven point tease. I don't want to have 46 as my number, so that's why I don't want to do a, a six and a half pointer. But nice weather, two good scoring um, offenses. The Jags, even though they're not trying to win, they're still playing in these games, which is good to see. Uh, and by the way, I, you brought up a good point, and we're going to be very diligent with this, uh, me specifically, because I didn't look into it at all. Uh, the playoff scenarios, who's clinch, who's been mathematically eliminated, that's going to be key for the next, what is it, three weeks after this week that we're going to have to keep our eyes out for. Um, so good job with with bringing that up with Kansas City earlier because I think that's a, that's a key piece, especially when teams that think that they're going to get in, right? Like maybe if the Vikings lose this week, then they're all uh, you know sad and they, they they put up another stinker the next week because they've been officially eliminated. Well, they're not so getting eliminated just yet because the NFC is as bad as it is. Uh, I don't oh, think the loss puts that. them in. Well, See, but that's another good point, right? Where when you think typically a team gets their seventh loss and they'd be out of it, they might still be in it. Yeah, right? so, I mean, they're in the playoffs right now. <laughs> so, And don't forget, we have an extra team making the playoffs this year too, right? So that, that changes things. Um, so I got to throw a quick flag yep. on you here because you told me before the podcast how awful and distracting it was when you rock back and forth in your chair. Um, and for that entire segment, uh, I was distracted by how you rock back and forth in the chair. Um, and I, unless you're going to fall over and entertain us all that way, um, you know, well, I'm throwing yeah, that, the that, flag on there. That's not not out of the realm of possibilities. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll figure out. You know what? Every every time you catch me on that, I'll I'll put a ten spot more into the old cycle for survival uh, pool there. So I love it. All right, we got to go rapid fire here. We got three more games to pick. Speaking of playoff clinching scenarios, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers also have a chance to clinch, uh, but the Buffalo Bills have a scenario where they can clinch as well in this one here. Bills laying two points at home against the Steelers, who are coming off the first loss of the season. Uh, and let's be honest, the Steelers just have not been able to run the ball, and they have had one of the toughest scheduling issues this season. Way back when the Tennessee Titans were dealing with their outbreak of COVID-19, the Steelers had that game moved all over the map. Then they got to deal with the Ravens outbreak, and so their game gets moved all over the map with the Ravens. That sets back the Washington thing. We were on Washington on Monday Night Football. It is just a nightmare schedule with what they've had to deal with playing so many games in such short time. Their defense is banged up. Obviously no Bud Dupree. I think they're going to be missing Hayden for this one and one of their linebackers as well. We have seen Josh Allen click uh, with that offense right now. I think that this one is going to be high scoring, but I think that the Bills end up having the advantage here at home again in Buffalo and having a regular schedule that they've been able to depend on as of late. That's it. Those are the reasons. I think this one is going to be a little bit of a shootout uh, between 
the young gun over there and Josh Allen and Ben Roethlisberger. And tell me you don't think that Josh Allen has a little bit of Ben Roethlisberger in it. Sure. Right? It's Certainly. such a great comparison. So I think we see a little Absolutely. bit of the, the, tra- you know, the changing of the guard, if you will, here. And Josh I Allen think gets the best of them. I think he's his body double, right? <laughs> I mean, Speaking of very SpongeBob similar. SquarePants. <laughs> um, so you were mentioning, by the way, like, why don't you like the over in that game? I do Can like I, ask? I, I do like the over. It's a high-scoring game. I don't know what the weather is in Buffalo. Too far out to, um, you know, to predict from that level. And I believe I checked. It was, uh, was it 48, 49? 47 and a half is what I got it Okay. At. A little bit lower. It should have been a contender for the tees, but, uh, you know, anyone who needs a third selection or, you know, likes going rogue or whatever, drop, drop that sucker down to 40 and a half and, uh, pound that over, uh, you know tie what? it up a in cold, two or three days. A cold takes. night in Buffalo, right? What's the, it's an eight, it's the primetime game of the week. I don't know what the conditions are going to be up there. Just pay attention to that before you jump right in. We are in December now. I know it's going to be See, 60 degrees I- here in New York city, but. And that, by the way, if it's going to be cold, right, a little bit more, um, you know, not that, not that, at least Josh Allen is the run game for the Bills, right? And Zach Moss has come on a little bit. So I think if you are starting to deal with the cold, a little bit of a mixed offense there with a little bit more balance than the Steelers have, they're getting it out quick, but still, you, you can't ever really replace the, the run with the short pass there, the little, you know, two, three step drop and dumping it out. Um, but yeah, I like Buffalo as well for everything that you mentioned. I like the balance that they have there and i do like um the way that josh allen's been playing so i'm on that as well let's move on to the next one uh speaking of rough schedules the monday night matchup this week features the cleveland browns getting two points at home as they host the baltimore ravens browns coming off that impressive win uh, against the titans on the road in tennessee the ravens are coming off their wednesday night game against the dallas cowboys uh where they just absolutely ran all over dallas in that one so uh, for that reason, I just mentioned the schedule and how that hasn't favored the Steelers. I think this is a terrible spot for the Ravens after having come off a Wednesday night game, having to go now on the road and play on Monday night football against the Browns. The other thing is we know that the the Ravens took care of the Browns earlier this season, and we have seen this before. These teams, I don't know why, Greg, but for some reason, these teams, when they played each other, one side or the other, I I feel like has blown out. It's a route, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. one way or the other. And so that, to me, lends itself to this being a route if I'm going to – if one of these teams is going to route the other in this game, I got to go with Cleveland because, obviously – one, the schedule, which I just mentioned. Two, the ineffectiveness of Lamar Jackson and getting to see him so much. And three, the fact that the Browns' run defense has been really solid. Um, the Browns have proven that they can win scrappy games, and I'm getting two points with them at home. Uh, so I got to go with the Browns in this one and, and say take the two points. I think they win this one outright. It's all you, brother. All you. I know it's um, hard, right? I, it's hard because when I, can you trust the Browns in a big spot? Well, it, it's that. That's the big one, right? And off of the big win, right? So, like, they slaughtered. It was 38-7, to seven, and yeah. they, they just worked Tennessee, right? So I don't like taking um, teams off a big win like that, right? So I think that's that, to me, is the, the bigger piece, right, where it's just like, hey – 
you know, I'd go money line on the pick, quite frankly, because you got them too. It's not up to the key number, right? So just throw away the points, right? Because traditionally, one of the teams, just like you mentioned, is blowing out the other. So, yeah, might as well get plus, you know, one fifteen, plus one twenty, whatever, whatever they're giving out for it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go with the Browns, go the whole way. I think that the crazy part about this, though, man, is. If you think back to what happened in week one and where these two teams are right now, it's just it's just crazy uh, to think that the Browns are going to go and, and they're making a, a playoff push right now. The other thing to think about, though, because you mentioned the Tennessee game, is, yeah, they won against Tennessee handily, but that second half, they played like garbage. That was only a six-point game, right, At, in the when it was all said and done. Oh, yeah. Yep. So from a coaching yeah, standpoint, a, uh, that's the kind of thing you want. Hey, we got to play all 60 minutes. Uh, we got to get it up there. Right. And But I, I'm going to give them a pass for that one. I, I get it, and they let them back in the game, and they needed to recover an onside kick in order to ice that one. Uh, but I think easier, easier said than done. They still won. Right. So from from that side of things, of they did what they needed to do to win. So but the other thing um, is, Greg, don't forget this, because I know you were cursing Greg Zerline, the Cowboys kicker in that game against the Ravens. That game was a lot closer than the final score. The Cowboys missed three field goals in that, which then if they if they make those field goals and right ifs are a whole lot of ifs in the world. But then all of a sudden that Amari Cooper touchdown, they're going for two to tie the game at the end of the game. Right. So so you look at that ineptitude of the Cowboys who were able to move the field up move the ball up and down the field against uh the Ravens team who hadn't played a game, right? Who who had a little bit of a, who hadn't been in this situation, right? There was a regular rest for the last one. Now it's Wednesday to Monday. That's worse than playing Monday night football and playing the following Sunday. You know? Right. Yep. So, an, a, another limited day's rest. Yeah, it certainly throws a loop. You know, it's it's not like doing your podcast last week at eight thirty, drinking a little red red vino, and uh, you know, giving out winners, right? When you roll the tape over another seven days, <laughs> another good glass of red, right? We, we we got a nice rhythm going. On. Listen, if we had to do this on Thursday, it would be tough. It would be I really know. tough. It would throw my whole week off. <laughs> Thanks, Kirk Cousins. All right, with that, let's go to the last <laughs> game on the slate here. You like that one? I sure did. The Las Vegas Raiders coming off an absolute miracle at the Meadowlands right? against the New York Jets. I think uh, uh, Greg Williams there wanted the Jets to get the Trevor Lawrence and get the number one overall pick as he decides to zero blitz on there and Henry Ruggs. Uh, burns them for the touchdown. This week, the Raiders are hosting the Indianapolis Colts, who we were both on last week, Greg, but we were holding our breath down there in their game sure against the, the Texans. Of course, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Deshaun Watson, excuse me, fumbles near the goal line as they're going in. Colts recover. That's the game there. Uh, they get the six-point win. So this week, you threw me a little bit of, a little bit of a curveball here. You're on the Raiders. Uh-huh. You're rolling the I'm dice gonna, with the Las Vegas Raiders. Tell me why. I'm going to go with the, the, you know, the the stinky hold your nose. Uh, they haven't looked good. <laughs> that that Jets game, I I would have liked them better if they would have lost that Jets game, right? But uh, keeps keeps my guess in the hunt, right? So I guess that's a, a good thing. But you were talking about before um, 
the Browns looking terrible in the second half. Two points for the Colts in the second half. Tried to give away that game to the Texans, right? I, I mean, it was what was it? It was twenty four twenty going into halftime and finished twenty six to to twenty. That's absurd. Um, so I I I like the Raiders coming back home, playing from home. I've got a question, and I know it's not like a big deal that anyone's making, but the turf toe or whatever's going on with Rivers's foot. Right. Uh, I really do think is impacting them pretty significantly. So it's, it's kind of a pick against number one. It's a pick against Rivers because I, I just don't find him to be a sound quarterback. Like I like the Colts as a team. We were on him last week. Right. But again, I don't, I don't want to I be think, backing the same teams week after week after week after week. I think you have been complaining about Phillip Rivers throwing motion since he was drafted as a quarterback out of NC state. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's certainly funny. I, I I don't know. I don't like his temperament. Uh, I like his temperament less than I like his throwing motion. I just find him to be, I don't know. I wouldn't want to work with him. Um, but from from that side of things, I just think there's something up there with the foot. Just like we got Murray, who's got the ailing shoulder, right? Like kind of playing. Picking against those road teams whose quarterback have a little bit of a health issue that it's quote unquote not that big of a deal, you know, but it seemed like a big deal, right? And I, and you know, second half laying a big egg there, laying, you know, no points in the second half other than that safety. Um, that, you know, I would think that that's when your ailment could really start to, to affect you. So, um, you know, Raiders are very Jekyll and Hyde team, right? And, and a little bit more not so good than good. <laughs> so that's why it's hard. Uh, but, you know, take the field goal at home. I, I like it. All right. So how about this? I, I love the under in this game. And, and you didn't mention where I thought you were going, which was the key to me in last week's game against the Texans, was the fact that they had another offense. The Colts had another offensive lineman go out. They were already without, uh, I believe it's Costanzo, and then his replacement now headed to IR. Uh, I don't know who they're getting back, but they have had to shuffle the offensive line every week. Yeah. And that really was the strength of this offense, part of the reason that Rivers went there. I mean, he wasn't mobile to begin with. Now you're telling me about his toe and if he's not going to be able to make it there. If that offensive line is as banged up as they appear to be right now, then that's the reason that I say you go with the Raiders in this one. But how about this? We know what that Colts defense can do. You just mentioned, yeah, they only scored two points, but that was two points more than the Texans got there. So, uh, you know, not too shabby on that defensive side of the ball. How about the under? How about the under in this one? Because if what the Raiders are going to 51 and a half. Ooh. So this is something that I'm talking out here, right? And this has come to us as we're discussing it on the podcast. But I'm just saying if their offensive line struggles continue, uh, we know the the Raiders are susceptible with the the problems in the secondary. Greg told you about last week. I don't know who's coming back. The cornerback you mentioned for them who was playing did go out against the Jets. You mentioned he was going to get hurt. He went out again. He's in concussion protocol this week. Um, But I, I don't know. I believe they're getting Josh Jacobs back. The Raiders are this week. I don't know if they're getting Jonathan Abrams back um, for this one. So two things to check on. But if they are, um, if that Colts offense is going to struggle, which they did against a Texans defense, which is not exactly highly rated, and we know that their defense can play, the Colts defense, so they're going to limit the Raiders, this might be a great spot to play the under. 
51 and a half. So I, I'm actually going to make that an official pick right now. Don't hate it. I'm going with the under Raider, Raiders plus three un, under 51 and a half. I like it. There you go. All right. While you look up if Jonathan Abrams is playing, I'm going to go run down. Questionable. Questionable. Okay. I'll run down the list for everybody. The late addition to this one, we're going under. I'm going under the Raiders and Colts 51 and a half. Greg likes the Raiders plus three. Loves the Saints laying the points against his Eagles. The tease of the week is the Giants plus nine and a half and the over 45 and a half in Tennessee and Jacksonville. Uh, we both agree on the Bills laying two and the Giants plus the three. And then I like Kansas City minus the seven, Cleveland plus two, and Tampa Bay minus six and a half. Those are the picks for this week. We got nine. I'm feeling, oh man, this is hubris. After going did you get, no last did you week, get, picking did you get my one. Jags? Did I hear you pick the, the the Jags over the 52 and a half? I, I didn't. Did. I didn't hear that in the Oh, room. I didn't okay. say it as part. Cool. I didn't. You know what? You're right. I said it only as part of the tease. He likes it outright Correct. too. Uh, yep. th- thanks for catching me on that one here. It's, Dude, we got ten. It's important. To, it's important to know, but that's just five for me and five from you. Right. No, nobody's keeping score that like, you know, six or seven of the winning picks last week were mine and only like, you know, whoa, two whoa, of them whoa, were whoa. I was on three of those picks. I was on three of, <laughs> we were on three of those picks. Only one of them was I out on an Island on, I will tell you that. Right. There two of go. the, two uh, of my three uh, picks uh, you agreed with. It, it it takes a village. Listen, Joe. I give credit. Wait, wait. I give credit to I, where it's due, man. You, listen, you were on you were on fire last week, and uh, and it was nice that even if you hit the double in baseball, right? Because I know you love those baseball analogies. You still need the next guy to drive you in. So everybody, yep, everybody, it was like batting around the order, man. You might have hit the home run, but everybody's batting around, loading the bases. <laughs> and we and we got what? Uh, do you have the percentage for Chris there on the the locks on the IG offhand? Or I don't, uh, I don't have it in front of me. You know, he was a little bummed because he was on uh, he was on the Rams, uh, the Patriots this week. So oh, he, that already came out. That came and went. Oh yeah. Oh no! Yeah, so he is—he's turned I, I the page. Even, I didn't—I thought we had made a pact of of non Thursdays, uh, or at least I got scolded for a Thursday night pick on one of those creepy little Thursday night. Well, podcasts. no, 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 that was because that. Well, he he put it out earlier in the week, right? So we oh, okay. picked a Thursday game on Thursday when we were recording. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah All no, right, I had a little, I had a little sprinkle on the Pats last night too. It was annoying. Wow. Listen, it's hard to remain perfect for the entire season. We'll take it one week. We'll try, <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to do better each and every week. That's the promise that we make. I, I'm sure we can't top next last week unless we go ten and zero this week. So that's why we had to pick a couple extra games. Uh, at least that's the reason that I'm going with. For Greg Coyle, I'm Joe Masiri. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Wing Foot Locks. Remember, everybody, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. Have a great week. Here's to 10-0. Talk to you later, guys.